Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the comic book show where we have a long spiel about things we talk about that I did not pull up before we started this. So just know we talk about comics and occasionally interview some really awesome people. I'm Anne, and I am joined by... Lexi. And also our special guest today, we have with us Ted Brandt and Rose Stein. Hello, both of you. How are you doing today? Very good. I'm really excited to fill in for the awesome people who uh, you normally have. <laughs> oh, that was definitely you. But <laughs> yeah, we are right now, as we speak, going into Pride Month. And that's a very exciting time because for the last year, both Marvel and DC have been putting out some awesome one shots with just full Pride stories just from every every part of the spectrum and this year both of you um got to contribute to both of these specials for marvel and dc for dc you have the actually you know what why don't you i'll let you tell me tell us all about it since you were the ones who actually worked on it what are the stories that you have coming up this year for marvel and dc you take one i'll take the other okay which one do you want to do <laughs> you lead okay well for dc we have um connor hawk Connor Hawk coming out as uh, Ace. And then um, for Marvel, we um, helped co-create Sheila Sexton and Morgan Red, the uh, two new trans mutants who are going to be featuring a lot more in the Krakoa age. And they're flying turtle Hibbit. Yeah. Oh, that's, I'm so glad you, Hibbit's the real star here. I was going to say, we can't forget about <laughs> Hibbit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, both of these announcements absolutely took the internet by storm. What have you thought about the reaction to both of these stories so far? Been a bit overwhelming. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> we're, we're not really used to people caring what we do. No. <laughs> <laughs> was, was it overwhelming in a good way or just kind of... Largely, yes. Yes. Mo like most people have been lovely. I mean, there's always going to be... There's, there's always going to be a few people who are... Buttheads. I was going to say malcontents, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely had to deal with a few of those over the years. So I'm glad the response has been so, so positive. I know I'm very excited for Escapade. A lot of people I know are so, so excited for Connor. And that's a that's a choice that I'm really intrigued in because it looked like a lot of research went into picking exactly who DC wanted to be, like their lead ace um, representative going forward. And a lot that I saw from Connor seemed to point that it just felt like a natural fit. What was um, your experience with Connor before writing the story, if I can ask? I had none. <laughs> I did not know who he was. I never heard of him. I, I, I definitely liked him, but my experience was much more just the 90s JLA stuff rather than um, like any of his solo work. But, I mean, we were very lucky in that Andrea Shea, like, is... Hypervigilant. Yeah, she's a research queen. She had so much for us to read about him, and it was so so helpful and fantastic. And I got really interested in Connor as a character just from all the co comics she sent over. It's like, oh yeah, I'm really glad we're doing this guy. <laughs> yeah, like as soon as we signed on, then Andrea gave us just like a giant reading list of homework to so we could make sure we accurately got the vibes right and all that, and see exactly why you know people did consider Connor asexual even before it was textual. I like that. I like that a lot. It's 
because um, we both had the chance to read through the story. I think you nailed the voice. Um, everything I know about Connor comes from the like the Meltzer run of Green Arrow. I think Archer's um, quest is such a great story. Um, and I'm excited that DC's giving Connor this push again. Um, what did you want, making the story, what did you want to bring to the character most? And what did you want people reading the story to take away most from Connor's experience here? I mean... Oh, that's tough. Like, even even like you know, I mean, really, the the biggest thing we wanted was for it to be fun because like a lot of coming out stories are inevitably very serious, and that's not to knock that because you know a lot of coming out is very serious. But I think part of the thing was we really wanted, given like asexuality is often very overlooked and ignored it the more fun you can make the coming out the more people are likely to accept it also, cynical as that sounds so yeah there's been i've seen several things about asexuality not being um fun and that they don't because they want sex they want to avoid everyone else's fun and stuff and there's like in particular when um sherlock was being made and there's a whole thing about oh See Stephen Moffat saying, Look, I don't want to make Sherlock asexual because that's boring. You don't get interesting stories from asexuals. I was like, what? That is ridiculous. Very unimaginative. Because, yeah, a lot of the time either the scene is... Asexuality can be portrayed as like, oh, these alien type people or very weird and very robotic or anything like that. I was like, we're still people. <laughs> Yeah, which is why Connor is an excellent choice, because not only is there a long textual history, but also he is an incredibly emotive, warm, you know, supportive guy. So it becomes a really sympathetic vehicle for the story. Yeah, I like that. I think that's why both of you were like the perfect choice for the story, too, because just your your style and storytelling and um, drawing and your art style is so beautifully bombastic and colorful and energetic and yeah that's exactly what I got out of the story it was just a really fun piece to read and as someone who's not asexual myself I really appreciated the perspective that you both brought to it and it helped me um understand more and I had to ask what does this story mean to you on like a personal level what did it mean getting to tell this story that a lot of people probably haven't seen before I mean, well, for me, like the um, the exact metaphors and everything that like Connor uses to come out were like me trying to describe what asexuality feels like for me specifically. So, like you know, we're really not trying to present it as a monolithic experience at all, but definitely, it like, it was really nice to do because I mean, as much as anything else, like. I was able to show the story to my mother and it finally explained that in a way that I've never been able to. So that was, that was quite nice <laughs> and very appropriate. Yeah. I was going to say, that sounds amazing. That's, that's a really cool way that this is able to do that for people. Yeah. I mean like explaining what asexuality is like was always high on our priorities list just because there's so little about it out there in culture. And like, I mean, you've got some really interesting things like, um, you know, several different smaller publishers have, uh, you know, have, um, you know, uh, people doing 
um, guy, guy, dummy's guide to asexuality type comics and things like that, which is fantastic. But also, like, not many people are going to be getting that sort of stuff. And so, you know, having it, it was a difficult needle to thread putting that sort of primer into this as well. But I think it was really worth the effort. Awesome. And it's always nice to get the mom stamp of approval. That's that's yeah. good. like mom, when when moms finally figure stuff out and it clicks with them. That's always always nice. Um, yeah, it's. I'm so excited to see where Connor goes after this. If DC would let you come back and do a Connor Hawk story, would you would you do it? Like an ongoing or a mini? Probably. I mean, I, I'd be very tempted. Certainly. Yeah. It was- because it's just we haven't done much writing, so it's, that's a lot of pressure and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it would be so much fun. We had so much fun doing this, and especially if Andrea was going to be our editor, because she was just so great to work with, and yeah, helped us feel quite safe while doing it. Because it was is a lot. <laughs> so yeah, just because because it was a comic coming out story, then like it had a lot more explicit requirements and especially uh, as a coming out story and what with connor's very difficult continuity situation up to this point like there was a lot of a lot of balancing acts that we had to do simultaneously and andrea really helped us and also to be fair so did uh, paul kaminsky who um is the like the was the editor on the robin book that like actually brought connor back into continuity then you know, the both of them were um, working with us on this to um, make sure that it threaded every possible needle of like making sure that it not only achieved its objective but also was firmly grounded in right now and all of that. So, I mean, honestly, yes, I I would love a chance to uh, to do more with Connor because he's just such a sweet boy. He is. You know, you're mentioning that. That's so much that's going into this. I believe it's only about an eight, ten page story. Eight, eight pages. <laughs> there's, wow. There's a lot of uh, needle threading to do with that. Did you find it more, did you find it easier or more difficult to fit um, so much into so little pages? Because to me, it f- sounds like it'd be more difficult to make a whole story fit in that space rather than easier. Because it's like, on the surface level, it's like, oh, you only have to write, write eight pages. That's that's nothing, but I feel like there's so much that you had to do in this one story. What was that process like, and how is that different than things you've done before? It it wasn't. It, it was definitely challenging, but it's more about economy of storytelling because there's a lot of times like, well, you need to put this in and this, and you need to figure out all these ways of doing that. And if you get the right line, you can explain quite a lot of things without having to like draw it out and make well this is very much this and all of these things are happening and stuff so it's just like you say in this one line it's like oh i i'm up to date now (laughs) type thing yeah like i mean as the revisions went on we like were able to refine it but like i mean damien's appearance in there wasn't until third third or fourth draft so uh, so then we kind of lost a page of real estate that we had previously to the interaction with damien um but Honestly, that that ended up I mean, well, it ended up making the story a lot better anyway. But it was just a lot of shuffling, really. Yeah, it was mostly shuffling, and the and 
every every draft was about refining what we had, just making each line tighter so that it fit in less space and communicated more. I like that. And personally, I think I think it was one of the best minis in the in the anthology. I think you both did a fantastic job and absolutely nailed it. I'm so excited to get this in my hands when it comes out on the 7th. Um, if you're listening, this probably comes out after the 7th. Make sure you go out to your comic store right now and pick it up the moment you can, because you're going to love everything in here, especially the story. Um, Lexi, did you have any other questions um, about Connor Hawk in the story? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I also want to tell you guys, this is my first um, experience with Connor as a character. I've never been introduced to him before. So as someone who hasn't had that background, I want to let you know that like this story felt so right for his character and like the way that it was written and the way that it went throughout. I just loved it. It was so fun. And I loved I mean, I mean, now that we've said that it's coming out on after the seventh, I love like the letter format. I just think that's so sweet and so endearing. Like how you said earlier, he's a sweet boy. Like you can tell that and you can feel that through the way that he's been portrayed in this. So I think you guys did an amazing job. I love Thank it. You. Thank I, you. I mean, like, because yeah, I mean, when we did our um, when we were kind of doing our initial thoughts before we got to writing, then like the letter wasn't a part of it, and we we're kind of really struggling on how to um how to um well, communicate because our very first initial thoughts was he was going to be um doing this mission with ollie mm-hmm. oh you can't really have to have ollie and i think it's better for not having him in there yeah and then, but then like what so one once we'd done our homework that andrea had set us and like read all of the issues like oh well actually you know he writes letters Con- connor writes letters to his mother like detailing his exploits that's you know the perfect vehicle for <clears throat> doing this if mm-hmm. you know if, if you don't want any if you want it to be a mostly solo mission then like that rather than having him think to himself having having him writing is a far better it's a, it's a far more natural um device to use and can draw the re- reader in a lot easier yeah, and I feel like it's also really personal. You can tell it's really personal for him as well. And I feel like that will be seen, like a lot of people will be seen by that while they're reading throughout it. So I, I think that's really awesome. Yeah, it was, it was very nice. Like when we're talking to um, uh, Clark, who um, does DC's publicity, like they were saying that um, that like they'd written a similar letter to their parents. Like I imagine quite a few people probably have. And so that was another thing that was not necessarily intentional, but a very useful side effect of what we were doing. Yeah, I like that. I I definitely wrote a letter. That was that was how I did it because I always thought like expressing myself in words is easier on paper than it is out loud. So that that was part that felt very very familiar to me. Um, I have to. There's a couple panels in here that I, since I did say we're doing this after the seventh, I can go ahead and say I love some of the expressions of, of Connor in here and just his like cockiness in this fight. I love music. Um, it's Music Maestro as the villain, right? That's music, his name. Music Meister. Music Meister. Sorry, he was the absolute perfect cartoony over the top villain that I wanted from this, and I like that the whole thing is silent. It's all inside Connor's head. And that makes it feel so much more personal with all this going on in the background and just all the noise that just 
isn't being heard. Um, and it just leaves so much room for you both to do what you do best. And that's all these wonderful facial expressions. I love the one that stuck out with me the most is always going to be um, Music Meister, like talking to Connor and Connor just like leans forward, shows his, um, he's got his earplugs in. That was just absolutely fantastic. Is there any, what was your favorite moment to draw in this whole, um, this whole issue? Oh, that's really tough. Mm. I think mine was probably the, I think mine was probably the um, the Connor um, entrance panel, the, you know the thirst trap hero shot. <laughs> I yeah. Um, I remember which one was my favorite to color, and it's the one that's got a lot of green lighting where he's getting dodging a blast and he's like leaning forward. That was because that turned out a lot better than I anticipated. <laughs> um. But for drawing, uh, I did quite enjoy drawing the little ear ear showing one. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was also really fun to draw Damien just being a teenager who's going like, ugh. That was quite fun. <laughs> yeah, you only have Damien for three panels, but you absolutely nailed it. This... He's, another, he's another character we would really like to work on at some point if we ever got a chance. Yeah, he's he's fun. <laughs> oh my gosh, you you two would be great on that little gremlin. <laughs> that would be perfect. We enjoy drawing scowling people, and that seems to be his like default expression. I think just that just is his face. Yeah, always. <laughs> I would I would buy an art book from you two of just different Damien scowls. I would in a heartbeat like a calendar a different Damien. <laughs> <laughs> just grouchy. <laughs> It's like, I like makes. He doesn't look grouchy, but you can see it in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, this story, absolutely lovely. Um, is there anything um, else that you'd like people to know about this book or your experience with it before we switch over to talk about the new Marvel character that you had a hand in creating? We want to thank Frank, as always, for his fantastic job doing the lettering. That yeah, was... yeah. Because I mean, without Frank, this book would not have been. This issue would not like not have looked anywhere near as nice. There's, I mean, working with Frank is a genuinely effortless process on our part. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just fantastic. Um, and yeah, like again, just uh, <clears throat> I would like to say a special thanks to Andrea for actually having to interact with Warner Brothers Legal oh, in order to get us permission to use Music Meister because <laughs> this was his first time in comics. So they actually had to clear it with the legal department and animation in order to uh, get him. So... Oh, say that? I did not know. Where was he from before? Brave, brave and the Bold. Okay, interesting. I need to I need to check that out. I am notorious for not being caught up on any Warner Brothers animated thing, so I need to oh, it, I need to fix that. It, it's so cheesy. It's amazing. It's basic. It's basically Batman sixty six, only like full on superheroing. John DiMaggio voices Aquaman. That that I've seen. People have definitely sent me clips of that. Yeah. I love I love that Aquaman. He's and, he's a good boy. <laughs> yeah, and Music Meister was explicitly created for Neil Patrick Harris. So, okay, yeah, sold. Um, 
Anything about that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, we tried to capture Neil Patrick Harris in the Music Meister art. Now that you say that, I can absolutely see that. That totally makes sense now (laughs) with that knowledge. (laughs) I'm going to go back and read the issue again, except Mm -hmm. I'm going to imagine him singing that um, How I Met Your Mother song the whole time. (laughs) His um, suit song. That's going to be perfect. I can totally see that. (laughs) Good. That's canon now. I'm I'm making that canon. (laughs) So... Awesome, awesome things happening at DC, but I'm so, so personally excited for what you have going on at Marvel. Um, Would you like to tell us a little bit about the new mutant Escapade and her friend Morgan? Yeah. Um, Well, she's a new trans mutant. Um, They both are. And this is... Yeah, so um, (laughs) Sheila is... um a trans woman and Morgan is a non-binary trans mask just for complete clarity um Sheila using exclusively um she her and Morgan using they he and um I mean well you know they're both very typical teenagers really they're they're rebelling against the system they're not quite sure what the system is but they know they don't like it (laughs) yeah They're, they're doing their best. And the best is they want to be, well, Sheila definitely wants to be a super villain that helps people. Which, again, is that teenager thing of, I want to do good, but also I don't really trust authority. So, fair. <laughs> Completely fair. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a 13-year-old sister who is a complete villain, and she's in the other room, and she definitely heard me say that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I cannot wait. She has such such a unique design. It's absolutely wonderful. I can't wait to see people cosplaying her. What um when you were designing her, what went into that? What were the parts that you're like, she needs to have this? What what helped you build that personality? I mean, well, Charlie Jane Anders' notes were always like really useful because the the place to start is always like it wasn't so much the design notes that were useful, but the vibe notes of like what sort of feeling that she has. So generally speaking, when we design characters, if the, if a writer creates them, we look much more at the personality than what the writers described for the visuals. Because writers, in our experience, sometimes know what they want and sometimes don't, but always tell you what they want. And so it can, it's a de- delicate balance finding when to ignore them. It, it was really good being able to have a uh, like an online conversation between Charlie Jane and ourselves and the editors because that cuts out a lot of unnecessary design work at the beginning if you can like nail down some of the ideas a bit closer. So um, when we came to the design sheets, gave three different heads and um, two basic um, different versions of the outfit uh, after talking and nailing down a bit from the notes and giving our, our impressions and ideas and things. So there's um, cause initially um, in the notes, wasn't it initially the Johnny Jane wanted a long coat? Yeah. It was originally going to be a trench coat. Cause of the flying bit and thought that would be quite cool. But then it's that mm-hmm. thing of 
She's got a bunch of pockets, so <laughs> that go like right around the back, and so there's just no good visual way of doing that. So we kind of gave her okay. so a like, biker jacket. What about thing. a moto jacket? Really cropped things. Like, oh yeah, that sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, like it was. I want to say Sarah, the um, the main editor, uh, um, was the one who came up with the idea of the overalls, uh, the jumpsuit um, for her. But we were definitely the ones who coloured it yellow, simply because. Like, since we're going with an overalls direction, like, I personally know lots of <clears throat> um, lots of queer um, ladies, whether AMAB or AFAB, who all cited um, April, April O'Neil as a primary, you know, um, primary inspiration of one form or another. So I thought, well, that's like, April O'Neil in there. Exactly, that's an aesthetic worth stealing. Mm. And after that, the colour scheme was based on our hand towels in our bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That, that yellow and that sort of um, teal are the, the two hand towels that we own. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> That's great. The only time I've seen, I was going to say, the only time I've seen that colour scheme in like a, a superhero before was like Animal Man, but it's been so long. So this is. <laughs> I just love that all the the previews we've seen so far. Um, she hasn't said a word yet. I haven't seen a single word, but just from just from her design, just from her art style, I can already tell about what she's going to be. So I think you really nailed the vibes here. I'm so so excited to meet her. Um, how just out of curiosity, how long is the story in um, Marvel Voices? Twenty pages. Yeah. Okay. So a little bit longer than Connor Hawk. In okay. yeah. And it's a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it, it is doing a lot more work in that sense. Cause like Con, although we're establishing a new fact about Connor, he's still very much an um, yeah, established character. Whereas Sheila and Morgan and Hibbert, Hibbert. Um, <laughs> they're, you know, they're all brand new. So there's a lot of space to fill in order to make sure that, in order to make sure that, like, when she moves into New Mutants in the in the fall, then people yes. adequately know who who she is, what she's about, and why she's there. Awesome. Were there trying to get those achieved? Were there any like big um, moments that you needed to convey, or that you were more excited to convey with her than others, without giving too many spoilers away, if that's possible? It was interesting trying to demonstrate her mutant power. Because mm -hmm. yeah. without giving too much weight, it's kind of a tricky thing to do on paper, necessarily. Yeah. I mean, like, a lot of what we achieved there was quite lucky because having been coloured by Tamara yes. was a blessing yeah. um, for numerous reasons. But, yeah, Tamara, the way some of the stuff that Tamara has come up with really helps sell when the mutant power is activating and turn it into a seamless sequence. So yeah, that was really fortunate for us. Like, cause it, I think it was like just after we started work that Sarah confirmed that um, Tamara was available and it was a massive sense of relief that that was the case. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Is there just cause just describing her power, just um on page, it's already had me like, 
I feel like it's at the point where it's like, I raise my eyebrow at it. It's like, I think I know what's going on, but at the same time, I'm not sure. Trying to get that implemented in different ways, that I'm guessing that created a few challenges. Well, it's, it's, it is out there what her power is, isn't it? Yeah. So it's incredibly broad is the thing. It's about switching situations with a certain person. So whether it's like just switching your clothing or you suddenly have their job for a certain amount of power at time, it's kind of like a, almost, a, it's a reality warping type thing. Oh yeah, in a way, isn't it? So it's like a brief period reality warp. So like if if she gets injured and doesn't want to be injured, she can swap the injury with the person who just like broke her arm or something. So it's that kind of thing. But eventually, the injury will come back. Yeah, just because... so she, you know, just has to. She can only defer bad things until. So what was tricky was trying to find a universal way to associate all of these different switches together of like this is the same power being happening but it's a lot of different things that can happen using that power so that's what i mean but it was tricky to get something that could be cohesive and is instantly recognizable as it's that power yeah Yeah, because that would be kind of hard like it could get lost a little bit sometimes although again like we were aided with the coloring which Mm-hmm. ties it all together really nicely so it, luckily you're not in any doubt as to what's going on when it's happening that's so fun that's so cool i'm so excited to read it <laughs> oh, it does sound so interesting but speaking of powers i have to ask about morgan's powers because morgan's powers definitely sound particularly interesting to me and i believe it involves chocolate it does yes you are correct they can turn any organic matter into chocolate. <gasps> it's like the Midas touch of chocolate. It's amazing. Yeah, pretty much. Like, but, but I mean, they think it's a really crap superpower, and it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of potential. I, like, we don't really dig into Morgan as a powered individual mm-hmm. in the um, in in this. It's definitely more a story of Sheila's powers. Um, like we get a lot of Morgan, but much more as like friend, companion, and and, you know, and support. As, as Ned would say, "Man in the chair." Exactly. Like there you go. Yeah. That, so uh, hopefully, I mean, like we're not privy to this, but uh, it'd be cool if when Charlie Jane's doing some um, uh, doing some New Mutants later in the year, that like Morgan is dug into a little more. That'd be awesome. I love Morgan. Yeah. Going into like designing Morgan, how did you approach Morgan differently than um, Sheila? Um, well, it was part part of when we were talking to Charlie Jane. We wanted to um, be very sensitive with um, the transness of it all, like where where each of them is in their transition period. Yeah. Like yeah. And like, uh, what sort of body types Charlie Jane one could envision seeing the characters with, and everything. So, we started off with generally trying to just get body types that worked, and again, um, different heads. So it's like you have different heads, and here's a body type with some clothes on, <laughs> type thing. It was like we in that first conversation, we were saying, um, "What about a dapper young man?" Type thing. Yeah, because like. The- 
the only real note we had at the very start for Morgan's clothing was we don't want stereotypical nerd t-shirt and jeans. That was the the one note that was there. Like, and so that left it really broad. And like, well, like given that Sheila's got kind of dirtbag mechanic hero <laughs> type vibes, it's like then you know, fancy lad seemed like a good yeah. contrast. I do enjoy some argyle. Fancy lad argyle. That <laughs> that is perfect. Um, yeah, those two absolutely fantastic but you know i've we've we've held off long enough we got to talk about the star of the comic um what about hibbert move over jeff the shark there's a new kid in town <laughs> oh my gosh you it's just i i don't care what happens i need like a thousand hundred page hibbert specials um <laughs> he needs his own unlimited comic i've only seen exactly one panel of him and he is absolutely my favorite um where did um without if it, you can tell us without spoiling too much where does hibbert come from we have yeah it is in the press release um hibbert was rescued from a lab okay oh he's a rescue how cute <laughs> <laughs> i love that what I is love... it drawing having well in our stories people steal pets i know it, it's a theme <laughs> Small pets that steal the show. <laughs> it's it's a theme that um, we all appreciate very, very much. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, Finish Crowded Volume 3, absolutely fantastic. I love that it went in a place I didn't think it was going to go. So that was a... Don't, a... don't keep talking. What? I'm wait- I am still waiting for my Amazon. My Amazon just like freaked out and was like, all of you things you ordered are on back order. And I was like, don't tell me that. So it's gone in the wind, and it's coming. The third one is coming. So everyone be quiet. <laughs> Anyways, I was the good one for once. Um, I enjoyed it. Absolutely. And I hope everyone out there picks it up, too. People totally. love that crowded episode. So <laughs> always, always good things. That was such a fun episode. I loved that episode. <laughs> and I have to ask, it's not part of the press release, but I have the I have to imagine in a superhero story there's always a villain. Is there a big name villain in the story that we can expect when it comes out? Um, I don't know. If- there's there's not a big name villain. Like there's it it depends on it depends on exactly what your feelings are about the particular villain who's in there. But in any case, she's not really the main thing. In like, in a way, the main villain for Sheila is Sheila. I mean, she's a teenager, <laughs> so like, yeah, you, it's 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 not because this is only an introduction thing. It's not. It really isn't like having a Titanic clash that will become formative for her. It's much more stumbling and finding her way. But there there are some. Definite, like there, there are a bunch of cameos from a lot of from multiple characters that X fans will enjoy. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, is there any part about the story that you're very excited for people to get to experience or get to see for the first time? Ooh, there is some storytelling about Sheila and Morgan's past, which was a lot of fun to do. 
yeah, we we really can't say more than that. Yeah. But you'll know it when you see it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. This is really, really high up on my <laughs> expectations list. This is part of the, this is like, I wish this was part of the initial Marvel Voices um, press release because I've just been buzzing about it ever since it was announced. And I, I personally can't wait. Lexi, do you have any more questions about Escapade or Morgan or Hibbert, the star of the show? I don't know if I have any more questions. I'm just really excited to see where it goes. I'm so excited. I'm sure Anne and I will have definitely a lot more conversations about it when it does come out, but it'll be very fun. I'm very excited. Yeah, just- I'm, I'm very excited for both of them to come out because like, we were really privileged this year to do two separate stories, both for underserved communities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's... It's a really big deal to be trusted with that both times. Drawing them was a very stressful two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. But I'm sure that it's going to be amazing. Based on everything else I've seen from the two of you, it's going to be wonderful. So, Thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Getting to tell one of my best friends that there was going to be an, a story about an asexual character in DC Pride was one of my favorite things I've gotten to do this year. And I'm so excited to send them a copy of this book when it comes out. Awesome. That's, yeah. That's good. Yeah, I know. Like, um, Just seeing like a lot of the reactions on Twitter when that was announced was... It, it was humbling, intimidating, and really uplifting. I mean, same for the, the Sheila news, honestly, like both in both cases. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it was funny, though, because, of course, like both books were announced and the things that we were doing weren't part of either of the initial <laughs> press releases <laughs> because like they want because both times they wanted to make a special deal of it. So it was like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, you know, the, the big announcement would come out about the book and we'd have to sit there going, also, we're in it, but we can't say why. Oh, with the um, the Connor thing, it was really funny as well because it was meant to, a big interview with they was meant to come. Was it they or they? Yeah, was they. It, they was meant to come out on a Friday, so we we booked, hyped it a lot. We hyped it a lot, and we also booked a well, we didn't book. We had a D and D session, so we wouldn't be on the internet to make sure that we weren't freaking out about it. And then they postponed it to the Monday, and it was like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Like it was the right call because I mean, fair enough. They they know their metrics, and if more people, if they say more people are going to see it on a Monday than a Friday, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. But it was just ah. <laughs> like, I don't need this extra stress. Thank you. It did mean we get we got um, a bunch of messages on Twitter as well. Like, hey, you said there was going to be a, a, a news drop. Where is it? Like, I'm we really sorry. Sorry. <laughs> for that, I'm afraid. <laughs> Oh. Uh, oh. But that's awesome that both of these stories were like the big the big selling point for both of these issues. I think that's so so cool for both of you. Yeah, I mean I, I think for in fairness, for you know, DC Bride, we're definitely second billing to Kevin Conroy, but you know yeah. I mean you can't, can't feel bad about that. <laughs> no. Because he is canonically the best Batman. So Amen. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, With all of that said, Lexi, do you have any final questions or thoughts for our guests before we wrap this up? 
I guess maybe kind of like in the theme of wrapping it up, do you guys have anything else that you can talk about that you have in the works planned? No. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Just no, silence. We, we're about to start on something that we probably won't be able to talk about till the end of the year. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's exciting, though. That is still so fun. <laughs> oh, it is, but it's just—it's always one of those. It's, it's comics life. You know? Yeah. Of, oh, exactly. Talk about and then silence yeah. for a long time. <laughs> goes, oh, hey, what are you working on? You go. I'll tell you next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all right. That's great. At least we have something. We know in our hearts that something's coming from the two of you. So exactly. it'll be great. Oh, yeah. Like we're, we're keeping busy. Um, as well as doing some stuff, we're slowly Trying chipping to... away at pitches. Yeah. So who knows? That maybe great. maybe that'll come together. We want to do more writing because that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I would definitely love to see some more writing from you too, because mm-hmm. this was this was wonderful. And I'm glad to hear that you're keeping busy and that we have more things to talk about later. And so, so excited to get to that. It will be worth the wait, knowing everything you put out so far. I am well, I'm very happy to wait for something from you. So always. So Excellent. Oh, with all of that, <clears throat> with all of that said, um, final plugs, where can people find you online? Um, well, for me, I, I have an Instagram, but I don't use it. So I really wouldn't recommend going there. Um, I technically have a Tumblr, but again, that's like a bit of a barren wasteland. Really, the only place you can find me is Twitter, which is at 10ten underscore bandits. I have both Instagram and Twitter, which I rarely use. But if you want to talk to me, you can come poke me. Um, it's Rostein404. Oh, I lurk. Perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lurker. I'm around, but... 90% of my tweets are terrible jokes, so... That's all right. I, I'm i also hardly ever on Twitter. I only appear on Twitter when Dallas or Anne tag me in something, and then I go yeah. be a menace for about an hour and then leave again. So I feel you. Yeah. We yeah. know exactly how to summon you, like mm-hmm, Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, everyone, thank you so much for coming out to this special episode of the Comics Collective. I hope you go out and pick up both these Pride issues. They're going to be so, so wonderful. Let us know what you think and make sure you show Ted and Rose some love on Twitter. Um, Check out the book Crowded, too, if you haven't yet. Go check out that show on Crowded and then go read the book because it is so, so worth it. You'll binge through it like nothing. It's just, it'll stay with you forever. It's, It's so, so good. Um, again, Ted wrote, thank you so much for being here today. We really, really love having you on. You're always, always a pleasure to have around. Thank you. We really enjoy talking to you. Good. We're definitely going to keep bugging you. So can't get rid of us. It's like a now. Sorry. <laughs> okay. And with all of that said, um, I don't have a long exit spiel. So no, we don't. We're fun. <laughs> We're not like Dallas. No, we don't do no. Real- speeches. We don't do official things. So, um, (laughs) bye. See ya. (laughs)